When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the season high 33 points with me, as always, is Zubank Hank. Everybody. We finally did it. We finally gave no quarter. Well, not a single quarter. We gave not, no quarter. That's not exactly true. We gave no quarter. <laughs> we gave no really first quarter, and we gave no second quarter. Then we gave the hell out of the third quarter. I really quarter. don't understand. I don't understand the, the expression. I thought you were going to say no we quarter. finally did it. We finally won a basketball game. I finally <laughs> still don't understand. I finally still don't understand giving no quarter. <laughs> I finally don't. It's pirate talk <laughs> for you may not sleep on the boat. That's basically oh, buddy, what it what, is. What a big win. The ah. biggest. What, what were you telling me? This is the longest Ty Lue Clipper losing streak? It's is the longest you're telling me? losing streak in Ty Lue's head coaching career as coach Including- of the Clippers. As coach of the Clippers, but I, oh, I believe Lord. it includes when he coached the Cavs. I just didn't do the research because I just don't care about when he coached the Cavs. But he was an he was an NBA champion, and he got the Cavs. They were down three one, and they won it all. And then the next year, they got there and lost, so he got fired because LeBron's a jerk. There's no way he lost six in a row with the East in the Eastern Conference with LeBron James. It's just not possible. So I'm just going to assume. It's the longest losing drought of his head coaching career, but I know for a fact it's the longest head coaching Clippers Ty Lue drought ever. It's the longest loss streak since like seventeen eighteen that rebuild year when when Oof. Blake left. Oof! I know. Well, uh, well, we needed this win and we got it. Boy, did we ever! And who took us straight out the gate immediately? But. The guy that we've really relied on, even though we've been losing games, he's the one who's kept us in games. Uh, but Zubats, I mean, he was great right out the gate. He scored our first. He scored our first four points. He got an early foul trouble, but yes, man, sure we needed did. him. We needed him to come on strong, and he did. He, he did. Really, he scored our first four points. Oh, oh, absolutely. Was, At great. one point, it was Clippers eight, Mavs four. Zubats had six. Like Zubats had yeah. more points. Than the Mavs, but then he got in. He got like three fouls so quickly, which was such a bummer because he was crushing the Mavs center. I guess is a whole just piece of trash. Like, and then he got injured, and then he was on a bike. So I, they clearly have problems with that team. Well, it's not a bicycle race; it's a basketball game. But I, they they were giving our centers problems, and that's Luka Doncic for you. Mm. He got he he went to the like he got fouled four times like in the first several minutes oh, yeah. of the game, and oh, we yeah. had both of our centers. On a combined six fouls between the two of them in the first quarter, very early on, 
Uh, but Zubats had six points and three rebounds in the first three minutes of the game. And if we can start like that every game, we're we're in good shape. And there's oh, yeah. no doubt there is a different energy going on in the game. If you go back to our previous podcast, please do. I very was very hesitant to say what I hate, which, which is, is the guys just need to play harder. They just need to care. They just need to come. Well, you in kept saying urgency. urgency, urgency. They need to play with an urgency, and I don't like that as a knock on teams. That's what they used to say all the time, like I said, about during the Lakers three-peat and then the years after that when they really couldn't find their footing. Oh, they're just not trying. They'll turn it on later in the season. Insane. Uh, but it turns out that's literally exactly what happened. And you said during mm -mm. that podcast Disagree. that there was going to need to be a players-only meeting. Yes, I did. And it sounds as though that did happen. Oh. According to Andrew Greif of the Los Angeles Times, oh. Norman Powell had a conversation with the team and said, I quote, I talked to the team. I told them this team is deeper than the Raptors team I was on. It's all about identity that and who we are all. and how that we're Raptors going to play. It all. That's wow. right. He said, I feel like every team goes through it. If you look back at championship teams and top teams, there's always a point in the season where you get there. And mm. we've been here a couple of times for whatever, whatever reason it is. It's just gutting up and taking it. And going after oh, it. And then up if and you go on up. to read this article, yeah. Rocco also came in and said, we just were playing with more urgency. Bob Covington. They were, were playing. Yeah, we're just playing with more. Bob Covington. That's right. He said there's a tad more urgency. That's one thing we preached upon was urgency tonight. And I, th I felt like you could see it from the very beginning. I'll Guys tell you what they great, did. High energy. They played with more urgency. They also played with more Bob Covington. It made all the difference. And Terrence Mann. Oh, Terrence wow. Mann is your starting point guard. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thought it? Terrence Mann. You and I had many episodes debating, arguing, fighting. You and I came to blows, fisticuffs, black eye, busted ribs. John Wall should start. Reggie should start. John Wall yeah. should start. I can tell you, honestly, we were both dead wrong. Yep. Terrence Mann. Yep. Should start, did start, is starting. He's your starting point guard. Let me ask you this, Hank. You watched the game last night. Yeah. I'm very curious. Terrence Mann's obviously the right choice for starting point guard. I love it. He plays with more urgency. He certainly plays with more pace. They said in the broadcast that the Clippers had X amount of drives, like over 100 drives with Terrence Mann controlling the point as opposed to someone else to, which was like 90 the average per game right so there's obviously 10 times more excuse me 10 more drives not 10 times more 10 more drives because he's just pushing the ball up faster there's a lot less i'll tell you something i watch i watch reggie jackson bring the ball up and i'm literally watching the shot clock every single time going oh my god get it across in the eight seconds that you're allotted, please. It's a 24-second shot clock. You got to get it across the half line by 16 seconds, and it's literally a horse race every single time. But my question to you is this, Hank. Watching last night's game, we won. The game before, we probably should have won. We had Lawler's Law. It was 102 to 91 versus Atlanta, and then Ty Lue inexplicably benches T-Man and we just fall apart and Atlanta catches up and wins. Last night versus Luka Doncic just hate Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs. It didn't happen, but there was some PTSD with, oh my God, we got Lawler's Law and then they yeah. kind of came back. Yeah. Let me ask oh, you yeah. this. Were you nervous, Purvis? I was not confident like Uncle Bonifant. That's for sure. I was scared. 
I was yeah, downright scared, shirking yeah. in my boots. I'm shaking yeah. in my boots. But let <laughs> me a- what you meant. let me ask you this: <laughs> Should Reggie Jackson get absolutely zero minutes? Should Reggie Jackson be the backup point guard? Terrence Mann is clearly your starting point guard, and it makes all the difference in the world. And we're now finally winning basketball games singular. Hopefully, we're going to win a couple more. But should the backup point guard be John Wall, or should it be Reggie Jackson? Well, I, I think I think first of all, what is going to be interesting. I'm going to come around a long way to this answer. I think first Get of all, there. what's going to be interesting. We've seen this happen before, right? We've seen Reggie Jackson get completely benched, and it turned it around for him. And we heralded that. What oh, it did years when ago. Ty years said, ago. When Ty Sorry, Lue buddy, took you're over. not going to play. Yeah, I remember You're that. not going to play. And then he came back, and he played great. So th- this may be the thing that we need for Reggie. Smelling uh, salts, all, if you will. 100% Terrence Manager starting point guard. I, I, if, we were in, if we got to be in the locker room, uh, and I would say the next time that we're at a game and we get to sit down with Brian Seaman or other, you know, other basketball insiders, heads, maybe, Clippers, insiders. some insiders. I, I guess my question, the question that really is coming up for me is the difference between the role of being a starting point guard or a starter in general and coming off the bench. You come off of this. You're the starting player, starting point guard. You don't have to figure anything out about how you fit into the offense. You hit that court. And you drive the lane, you drive the basketball, and you try to score. You come in off the bench as the point guard. Now you're in different lineups all the time. You're trying to figure out how to facilitate. When are you shooting? Who has the hot hand? You're matching momentum. You're trying to turn momentum. So I I honestly wonder if, first of all, just by math, because of Terrence Mann being a little bit of a younger player, if it's not a better position for him just because, it's simpler. Just come, just play. Right. Just play, play fast, play get the faster, ball to people, certainly. shoot, and shoot. Right. That said, John Wall has been having issues. Oh, but yeah. then when he got the ball coming off the bench last night, the first possession he had, he drove the lane and laid up and fell down just like he does, <laughs> right. and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. Oh, but if you're asking me based on performance of the season and what we're seeing recently, even with Reggie's struggles, and I had to bet money, my bet would be that Reggie is our better backup just because we've seen more of a sample size from him and more consistency. But if what you need now coming off the bench is somebody to play hot and push the tempo right. and be the spark plug. I mean, I'm saying this out loud. I was going to say that's that's maybe John Wall, but the truth is Reggie Jackson can fill that role just as well. He can have that great confidence. So I don't know. Now we're maybe we're going to have a battle for who the backup point guard is. I don't maybe think that's so. What we're I, see. I think it's John Wall. I think Ty Lue is saying, guys, I want you to play. I want the point guard to play with pace, and I just don't think that's Reggie's. Yeah. I don't think that's in his bag. Urgency, urgency is going to very quickly become, I think, is going to be the theme of the rest of our season. I root is how much urgency we play with, and didn't you feel like we were starting to see a little bit more return to form for Kawhi as well? Oh my God! As far season as season high, thirty three points, eight rebounds, thirty three points, four steals, and. and and in a game where the Clippers, man, a different game, we could have thrown this game away on free throws. Guys were missing free throws at very early on in the game. Sure. We were missing free throws. Sure, sure. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, who's sure only didn't. shooting, he's only shooting 80% from the free throw line this year. Not last night. That's not night. great. 100%. 12 of 12. 12 of 12. 12 of 12. But isn't it telling that Luka Doncic went to the line almost 10 times he shot almost ten times more. Uh, t- a ten. 
more free throws than Kawhi Leonard is pretty telling. Absolutely. And yeah, I guarantee, yeah. I don't have the box score in front of me, but I guarantee Luka Doncic put the ball up. He had way more field goal attempts than Kawhi Leonard. And if it was at all close, it was because of all those fouls that got called on Luka okay, so and got him shot, to the free throw line. He shot 10 more field goals, although... Attempts. Um, he also shot... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Attempts. Yeah. Although he also shot three, uh, four more... Of, threes included in that actually that breaks down fine then but he he shot how many he more free throw how many four how many more field goal attempts did luca have than Kawhi? and how many more free throw attempts 10 field goal attempts nine free throw attempts but he missed he missed five free throws buddy I, oh i love that so he had 10 he more five. field goal attempts in Kawhi and nine more free throw attempts in Kawhi. Yeah, he shot 22 well, field goal attempts and yeah. nine threes, and Kawhi put up 12 and five threes. But they made the same amount of threes. Kawhi Leonard also three of five from three, which is very good for him this season. Well, what's crazy is I'm going to take a look at the loss at home versus Atlanta versus the win at home versus Dallas. Two very similar games in that Trey Young took over in the fourth quarter for Atlanta, and Luka Doncic took over in every damn quarter for Dallas. Obviously, I think Atlanta probably plays more of a team game than Dallas just because Dallas relies so much on Luka Doncic to just do every single thing. But yeah, 43 points. 43 points, your game high. I mean, that that's a, that's a lot of weight to bear. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Hank. Oh, yeah, Zubank. Yeah. So Trey Young in the fourth quarter takes over – and I think he took over in the fourth quarter because Terrence Mann wasn't guarding him because he sat during those pivotal five, six minutes late where Atlanta made their improbable comeback. And hopefully Ty Lue learned his lesson, and he certainly did, because Mann got more minutes late than he did the night before. The team played better, obviously, in that we won. But I'm going to go back to something earlier, Hank. Oh, man, do I root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. But I also root with every fiber of my soul for John Wall to come yeah. back and be just as good, if not better. Look, I understand his prime years are probably, maybe, definitely in the rear view. But, man, does he have more left in the tank. I am positive of it. And I am as well. I, yeah. He's, ahead, just not, he's just not playing well. And so last night with the eye test – there were three times that he came into the game, and one of those times he did great. It was in the middle, and the team didn't hit a wall, and the Dallas Mavericks didn't come back. But two of them, I'm telling you, the closest Dallas ever got to us because we really whooped them from whistle to whistle, from horn to horn. We led the entire length of the ball game. But the times that Dallas got back, into the games, I'm telling you, both of those times, the big significant chunks were taken out. When John Wall was in there, Dallas feasted. And I'm telling you, I hate to say it, but John Wall is problematic right now, and we got to fix what's happening when John Wall gets in there. And Norm Powell, God bless him, who is a dynamite player off the bench with one of the most electric in-game dunks last night. Oh, the reach, the hang time, the finish. It was so great. But Norm Powell and Kawhi combined for 60 last night, 33 for Kawhi, 27 for Powell. Norm Powell is a massive band-aid over that bench unit that really can struggle to keep the lead or, you know, 
just to be effective. Norm Powell is so great and so wonderful at scoring that he has covered all the shortcomings of John Wall. Now, I understand why Ty Lue is playing John Wall because he clearly wants a point guard with pace. That's why he got T-Man in there starting. That's why he got John Wall in there backing him up because John Wall will fly down the court and throw up a layup that, you know, half of them will go in. And maybe he'll get fouled. I like John Wall being here. I'm not send John Wall to China. I'm not trade John Wall. However, I just want more from John Wall. When John Wall gets in there, it's like the Clippers hit a, what's the word? Wall. Speed bump. Oh, now listen, man. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and in this case, the tr- the answer really is in the box score. I mean, you, you would like someone like John Wall who puts up 11 shots and only two of them are threes to make more than two of his 11. He went two of nine from shots inside the arc. And you need better than that, especially when we're talking about a lot of layups. Also, you'd like to, you'd like Ty Lue to feel like he can play him more than 15 minutes. John Wall got 15 minutes in Terrence Mann. The only player in the game that played more minutes than Terrence Mann is Luka Doncic. Ooh. He played the most minutes. Wow. And, Nor- and Norm Powell, I want to go back to what you started to say about Norm Powell and Kawhi Leonard. Their final stats, Norm Powell's final stats don't really tell the tale of how important he was to this game. Mm -hmm. Both Kawhi Leonard and Norm Powell with about a minute and a half left in the first half, they chucked up, they chucked up some sort of desperation shots at the end of the half that messed this up. But I want to say that both of them were four of five and both of them were hovering around 15 or so. I want to say it was 15 points for Powell and 17 points for Kawhi. Now Powell ended eight of 14, but Kawhi Leonard Mm. Went nine of twelve. He shot seventy-five freaking percent last night. Oh, three out of four go in. I love that for you know. And, yeah, he actually and, hit. And he had two hit of a... those misses. Two of his three misses were threes. And he, so he really hit only a missed one juicy mid-range. three. How many threes did he hit? Just the one. Three of five. Oh, you got. Oh my God! Hallelujah! That's Here's what I'm saying. It's a lot. Sing. It's a lot for him. He it's hit a lot three of five so, from three. Yes. Oh, he was due, yes. baby. He was due. And so if he missed, if he missed three field goals and two of them were threes, that means that he only missed one shot inside the arc, and you mm. love that. Oh, I love you it. love and that because when because you you need to rely on to quote him Kawhi Leonard getting to his spots. He likes That's to right. get, get to, to his, his spots. Spot. Oh, absolutely. So when he gets to his spots and he goes one of six from the field, you start to go, well, come. Um, I mean, what are we doing here? But Kawhi Leonard darn near double doubled on rebounds. He had nine rebounds. Oh, so you, you like it. it. But Norm Powell looking great. Robert Covington getting 31 minutes and going oh, 50% from the field and from three. You just, you got it, it. We just play great. And again, there doesn't seem to be another way to say it other than they just played with urgency. And my other nervous purpose was that we didn't have Paul George or Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's still out with this calf injury. Paul right. George is still out with a hamstring strain. Strain. So, you you know, you want to see the guys respond and answer. And, man, did we ever see it. It was exciting. Really exciting. I think exciting. my favorite strain is purple haze, and my least favorite strain is hamstring strain. Yeah, that seems right. That seems right. I like the OG Kush as well, if we're being honest. Zubank Hank saying the thing that we needed was more urgency. Chris Kawild saying the thing that we needed was more Covington. We didn't have Covington in the loss to Atlanta nearly enough. We had plenty of Bob. 
last night in the W versus Dallas. Holy cow. Bob Covington played, like I said on Twitter, at LA Clipcast. He was playing like, hey, dipshits, I'm really good (laughs) at basketball. Yeah, yeah. And what does it tell? I mean, what? how different is this game if Zubats doesn't get an immediate foul trouble? We were not five minutes in the game with Zubats had three fouls. Oh, absolutely. There's no way. Absolutely. There's no way we were even that far in the game when he had three fouls. And I just said, I honestly was like, was writing, taking notes and, re- and rewinded the game because I didn't believe it. You rewound. Rewound it. That's you right. Were I just couldn't believe it. Kind but and rewinded. All right. So uh, I. But you, love, got, you also have to love the hustle. Like if Zubas is going to get in there and play hard, and that's going to lead to getting in foul trouble early. Okay, play hard. Did you know that you know? Ivica Zubats is Croatian for hustle and heart? Don't Google it. So here's the thing, Hank. We needed to get the W. We got the W. We're a winning basketball team. We are back. Now, up next is kind of our Achilles heel, the Denver Nuggets. On the season, we're 0-2. Last year, I believe we went 1-3. I think the thing that we struggle against with that team is the fact that they play great team basketball and are led, obviously, by the back-to-back MVP the Joker, whatever his name yeah. is, Jokic, okay? So yeah. that guy's obviously a unicorn. He's very, he's like the seven-foot-tall Magic Johnson center. He's just tough all around. They've obviously got their guy back in Jamal Murray. However, Friday the 13th, lucky Friday the 13th, such a statement game. If we somehow win that basketball game, then I think we can all seriously exhale if for some reason we give a quarter or two and say we lose like we have in the past versus that very Denver Nuggets squad I still think don't don't lose your lunch just yet see how we finish this road trip out because even if we stub our toe versus Denver like we did versus Atlanta we can still have a winning road trip we can still go 3 and 2 on the on, excuse me winning home trip we can still go 3 and 2 on the home trip ideally we win out on the home trip but don't go chasing waterfalls clipper nation don't be upset and just the sky is falling if we happen to lose friday night i don't think we lose i think we're back i think we're playing with urgency, with Covington, the two things that we needed to do. I love Terrence Mann starting at point guard. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm so proud of you, Zubank Hank, and me, Chris Kowald. Here's why I'm proud of us. 20 years ago when we started this season ticket journey together, 21 years ago, <laughs> we, were, we were a pretty terrible basketball team, the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. In a way, I guess that helped us sort of, young men at the time, deal with loss, deal with rejection personally. Our fourth season was that 2005-2006 season where we went to round two, lost in seven, but we were a winning basketball team, winning at home, winning on the season, won our first playoff series in franchise history, I believe it was, versus the Denver Nuggets. So... We learned how to win, and then we saw it all fall apart in the postseason. That was very difficult. And the next season, I think, was maybe my hardest season as a Clipper fan because all the pieces were there, but it just didn't work. And that season, I was depressed, Hank. Ah, sad. I was down in the dumps. I believe, I believe, cloud. is that the season where we you just walked out of the game and like we did not hang out after? 
We didn't. Like, you just were like, bye, and left. Yeah. I, there was I, no beer I took, after. We didn't celebrate the end of our season. I took my throwback Olawa Candy jersey autograph, threw, threw it away. out in the trash. Took That's my Clippers right. hat off, threw it out in the trash on the way out of the building. I was like, this, this team is trash, is what I said as I walked out of the building. And it really negatively impacted me. It really negatively affected my day-to-day. 06, 07 was a very difficult year for me personally, I think because the Clippers just kept underperforming. Now, six-game cut to 20 years later, 15 years later, whatever it is, the six-game losing streak. How did you do as a man in between those losses, Hank? That's my question to you. Oh, just this past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's I honestly was. It's I years. honestly was. I honestly was in deep denial and focused <laughs> on my family, and focused on. I, I, this is not a joke. Like my furnace broke, right. and my because I live in Southern California, my HVAC system is on the roof. Oh, HVAC. Uh, and I so I went up on the roof. I literally did work on my house during this oh, time to boom. keep my to keep my mind off of it. Looked for leaks, uh, patched things, worked on stuff. But truthfully, um, it it just felt like deja vu all over again. Mm. And again, I I mostly have been tracking the scores and deciding whether I'm going to check in and watch the game. Mm -hmm. And if we're getting blowed out, having watching again, because this didn't feel to me like we were losing games where we were playing well. This felt to me like we were losing games where we weren't really coming to play. Right. And I want to go back to something you were, uh, but but as but as a man, I mean, we've been through this already before. Mm. We've been through this already before. Like you're, it's not going to ever hurt the way it hurt the years that we felt like we had a real shot at it, and then we had injuries to Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and all of that. It's never to me. It's not ever going to hurt like that again. No, because now I've experienced. Before that, we had no hope. Right. We had no stars. We had no hope. Even right. that year that we had Sam Cassell and went on a decent run. Yeah, we, sure we weren't did. doing it with a with a somebody that came to our team to win. We were doing it with a bunch of scrappy veterans and rookies that didn't know any better. Now, now when we had Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, I was like, oh, we could really do something here. Right, 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 right. right? But, but I want to go back to what you said. What happens if we lose to the Nuggets? Or Listen, we beat the Nuggets, and I'm going to be doing a dance, and this is it's a huge turning point for us. But we lost by about 10 points, I want to say, the first time we played them, and more like 30 when we played them the second time this season. If we are competitive with the Nuggets, I will feel good about it. If we are competitive with the Nuggets, I will feel good about the result of that game, whether we win or lose. You know, there's a reason why they're number one. There's a reason why they're 27 and 13 and we're 22 and 21. Right. We're six and a half games back. They're great. They're on a three-game winning streak. They're eight and ten, eight and two of the last ten. We're three of seven in the last ten. So I'm not really going to look at the win or the loss to tell me something about how the team is playing. Mm. But most importantly, if we come out hot, we should just call this episode the urgency conundrum. If we come out with urgency (laughs) and play fast and put shots up and play hard, I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's Urgency In Conundrum. The urgency Conundrum. Dan Brown. It sounds Brown like a, it sounds from like a the Dan Brown book. Code. <laughs> the Urgency Conundrum. I am not calling it the Urgency uh, Conundrum. Or who's the one who wrote the Pelican Brief? <laughs> yes. No, Grisham. I'm sure. John Grisham's John Grisham's Urgency Conundrum. John Grisham book. Uh, that's, what, that's what's going to tell me. 
uh, because I think it's going to be a really tough. It's going to be tough to beat them, and we know that we are it's the best team in the West. Season it's the best team against, in the West. But we, but we also tend. This is such a basketball cliche, but it's very true. We we tend to play down to the level of teams that are not that good, and so every and game up to the teams to that are great. Yeah, I mean that. that ish, the, ish. I think the best we looked in the losing streak was at Boston, and the we just ran out of gas at the end. Yeah. Here's. Yeah. Here, here's uh, to go back to what I was saying, and I want to encourage Clipper Nation to maybe follow in the wisdom of Zubank Hank and the sage maturity hard tea of Chris Kawild, probably one of the more mature people that you've ever met. For me, it's a maturity conundrum. I am here to tell you that it sucks to lose, and it's and it sucks to be in a losing streak. However. It is the regular season. We are the sixth seed. Relax. And be upset yeah. when we lose. But check yourself and check in on yourself. If you're still depressed the morning after a loss, even if you're knee-deep, four losses into a six-game losing streak, ask for help. Reach out at LA Clipcast and ask me, Chris. Oh God, I'm depressed. I'll tell you a couple of tips that the pros do to turn that frown upside down. But be upset after a loss and do everything in your power to shake it off. Let it go. It's the regular season. Now, personally, I I want to win it all every single year. And I truly believe this is our year. And I believe I believe that in the past with Blake and Chris. Especially that year we were up 3-1 versus Houston, round two. That was the year I think I believed it the most. And that was probably the most depressed I was in the postseason. But now, for some reason, because we've been there and been through it so many times, Hank, when the postseason, if we get kicked out, like like two years ago, or last year when we got kicked out of the play-in, two years ago when we got kicked out of our very first ever Final Four in the Western Conference Finals, yeah, it sucked in the moment, and you and I actually, together as friends, and shared it with the listening audience, talked our way through it in the building after that yeah. loss. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. And for me personally, as an older person, for some reason, I am now able to, in the, and, and it, shouldn't, it shouldn't bug you at all in the regular season, folks. It should not bug you in the regular season. Just let it go in the regular season. And then in the postseason. No, not, not when we're a game and a half away from being in the top four. Absolutely. And, and, we're, and we're in the top six. In a Western yeah. Conference, it's not very competitive. There's three good teams. That's it. Memphis, New Orleans, Denver. That's it. There's only three good teams. So just let it go. And then in the postseason, I'll tell you something. You and I have a very, very good habit of as soon as the Clippers are knocked out of the postseason, which we're not going to be this year, but we have been in years past, we just take a break from basketball. Just take a break. Take a couple days. Oh, yeah. Stop caring. Oh, yeah. Let it go. Well, we're Clippers heads, so I'm not that interested in watching the postseason without the Clippers in it. Agreed. You and I are we so on the we, same we used boat to. about that. We used to say what was so great about being a Clippers fan and having Clippers, I should say about having Clippers season tickets, was that you we knew more about the league than everybody else because we watched 41 home games every season and we would track all these other teams and appreciate their talent. We'll but that was before we were any good. Right. And once we were any good and actually had playoffs, aspirations, and potential, Right. And it didn't happen. 
I started to understand why there were people, because I used to say all the time, how do you stop watching when it goes to the postseason? It's so exciting. And now I really don't know if I've watched five postseason basketball games in the last six seasons that did not involve the Clippers. <laughs> and then if like, I did watch it, I just it, was, stopped. it was literally by accident. Oh, this happens to by, be on. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm no, at a no, place like, where someone's I'm in a bar. watching this. Yeah, I might yes. as well watch it as well and be a part of the group. Sure, Somebody asked me today sure. at the dog park, this guy I'd, I'd met a couple of times. He's like, where are you from? I said, New Jersey. He goes, oh, so all your teams are from back east. And I go, well, they were. Here's the thing. When you're a season ticket holder or when you're a diehard Clipper fan who watches all 82 regular season games, doesn't miss a single quarter, he gives zero quarter, you all of a sudden just don't give a crap about any other team in any other sport. Me personally, I don't care. I, I literally asked my buddy Joe Prano last night on the phone. I was like, hey, man, talk me through the NFL playoffs because I just don't care. Who's there? Who's in? How do they look? I don't care. I just follow the Clippers. Now, obviously, a lot of you fans listening to the show are big-time sports enthusiasts. You love the Dodgers. You love the Chargers. You love the Rams. You love the Clippers. You love a lot of different teams from a lot of different sports. But I am here to say, I know this for a fact. Zuban Hank loves his Dallas Cowboys. I love all my local L.A. teams. My second favorite team in all sports is the L.A. Dodgers. I just don't really care about anybody but the Clippers because we are loco for Clippers. We are cuckoo oh, yeah. for Clippers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't give a damn about any yes. other sport or any other team. I really don't. It's all casual. No, I'm very this casual. Is, this about is it for us. This, this is it for us. And we still are in a good position, and the Clippers are coming on strong, mm. and we are missing We are missing one of our greatest offensive assets oh, yeah. and, and, defensive and arguably weapons. our best shooter. Yes. And arguably our best shooter. And they will so, return, my friends. They will return. Oh, yeah. And we're, and when you see, anytime you hear the word hamstring, you err on the side of caution. Like you should not rush Paul George in when we got a win like we did last Again, night. Again, least favorite strain is the hamstring strain. Least favorite strain. Yeah. Yeah. Worst. I think my favorite Worst. strain now thinking about it is Girl Scout cookies. You ever done that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Clipper Nation. We are back. We're a winning basketball team. You got to feel good about it. I know we're only one game over 500, but I'm telling you, cherishing these W's, cherishing this regular season where it doesn't matter as much, even though there is an urgency conundrum, as you've learned here tonight. I I'll tell you this. The hard team maturity of Chris Kawild, again, just head spinningly so mature, probably most mature ever. <laughs> I was wrong when I said Covington is gone. Goodbye, Covington. He's on the block. He's gone. He's traded. Don't get too attached to Covington. I was wrong. I was dead wrong because we're not trading Bob Covington. We're not trading Bob Covington for nothing. Bob Covington is here to stay. He proved it last night. He's going to continue to prove it. He's getting big minutes. Bob Covington is here to stay. Do you agree, Hank? Oh, I do agree. I, I I also feel as though I wish I could remember who tweeted it. Was it Justin Russo? So, uh, one of our one of our great Clippers friends tweeted out. You know the the trade deadline move for the Clippers is everyone having this shift in energy. It may not have been Russo. Uh, so to me, this feels like a new team. It feels like a team that's made some moves because people were playing differently last night than they've played previously. Mm. If I'm if I'm management, I'm not looking to move anybody. Although I, I I would worry. I was about to say 
I was about to say you could think about moving Reggie or maybe John Wall, although you're not going to get much for John Wall, but I really worry about moving either one of them until you figure out what the long game is with these two guys. Because it is definitely the question mark. Can you keep them both? I'll tell you something. Um, can you rotate through them? Maybe you can. Uh-huh. But you you seem to think that if you could get rid of Reggie, you'd get rid of Reggie. Uh-huh. And I feel I feel like this benching the last time it happened was all it took to turn his entire season around. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I never thought of it that way. And you're absolutely right. That tough love that Ty Lue instituted when Ty Lue took over, he said – he had a hard conversation, and Reg is a team player and just did whatever he was asked to do. So I did yep. not think about it that way, Hank, and I, and that actually is eye-opening, and you're absolutely right. Now, I'm a big believer in standing pat with this, what should be the deepest team in the NBA. We just haven't seen the results yet. However, we got another 39 games to take a look at what's happening now that Bob Covington is back, now that Terrence Mann is the starting point guard. And now Reggie Jackson has a new role, and maybe he's dealt, and maybe he's not. I'm going yeah, to Friday's and, and, home and, game. Sorry to interrupt, and yeah. sorry to interrupt you, and Norm Powell is coming out playing like the sidekick to Kawhi Leonard that we've been saying ever since oh, the Oh, sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year, I mean, he played, he played great last night. He shot aggressively and made shots. You know, Norm Powell goes five of six or four of five or whatever it was in the, in the first half of every game. I like us. But what I don't like is us coming out and wishy-washing around the court and taking a big loss in the first quarter and then having to play catch-up. I don't think that works for us. I think we have to come out hot. Urgency. Urgency. I'm telling you, 25 minutes Powell averages this season over 15 points a game. Damn close to 50% field goal percentage. Damn close to 40% three-point percentage. That's what you need in a guy off the bench. Is oh yeah, that'll do it. And and last night, like I said, he had twenty seven, which is fantastic. So if he's getting, I don't know what his minutes were last night, but if he's averaging twenty five minutes, and last night he gets twenty seven points, come on, let's talk about Norm Powell as sixth man of the year. He's definitely going to be up there in the top five of voting. And I understand they do this weird thing where like there's nominees or something stupid and they go to the ESPYs and they're all there and then somebody wins it, even though everybody knows who's really going to win anyway. So Norm Powell will likely be one of your top three, six man of the year candidates. If he keeps playing with this urgency and he keeps playing alongside conundrum. Is it the conundrum? Is it the, is it the Covington conundrum? Oh, <laughs> that's good. I, I disagree. <laughs> I don't want to use the word conundrum in the title. That's of this episode. really good. That's oh, strong. Nuts. Oh, nuts. <laughs> well, I just feel I feel the weight of the world off of Absolutely. my shoulders. Absolutely. I have to say, you asked how I was doing as a as a as, as a, a man, man. As, a, as a human being, and the truth is, I was resigned. <laughs> I was feeling a sense of resignation, and honestly, walking around like, well. Here we go again. I got this great new. Well, LA going back up on the I, roof, dear honey. Yeah, I'm going back up on the roof. That's gonna be it. That's gonna be it for us. And now I feel new life. And yes, it's only one win, but sometimes that's all you need. You ask Norm Powell, reported by Andrew Greif. Sometimes all you need is that one moment for a championship team to say, "This is where we turn the ship around." The Absolutely. Clipper ship. We were never a losing basketball team. Thank Christmas. Oh God. Thank Christmas. Thank Christmas. Oof. Thank Clipsmas. I think the ghost of Clipsmas past, the ghost of Clipsmas present, and the ghost of Clipsmas future. And only the ghost of Clipsmas future knows when we win these titles that are inevitable. 
All right, we're looking forward to a couple more home games, three more home games. We got Friday the 13th. That's Denver Nuggets. Talk me through the next two, Hank. I know we've got a five-game homestand. We already saw and sadly lost to Atlanta. That was a very winnable game. Like I said earlier on the show, we had Lawler's Law. We are now 14-2 and two on the season when we get Lawler's Law. So Lawler's Law does work. 90, over 90% of the time, 14-2 and two in the 16 times that we've been to 101st, 14 times we've won, and we lost Lawler's Law two times in a row during, I don't know if it was during that losing streak, but one of them certainly was. So we were up 102 to 91. We lost that game. We should have won that game, and we didn't. And you're like, holy crap. And then last night versus Dallas, once again, we get Lawler's Law, and all of a sudden there's a freeze in scoring, but we never let them get tied. We never let them get a lead. We never let them truly come back. They came back. They got a little bit close. It got a little scurry. It got a little pervacy, but we held on and we won. So that's one and one on the five-game homestand. Like I said, Friday night, Denver Nuggets. Friday the 13th. I believe there's a Sunday afternoon game. Is that is that true? Uh, I, I'm not looking at the actual game time, but I will tell you that we are playing the Houston Rockets, who off the top of my head are something like 10 and 30. So that should be an easy win for us, not to mention John Wall hopefully wanting a statement game anytime he plays a former a former team. And then the third game of that run is against the Sixers, who are 25 and 15. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference, which, as you know, and you won't shut up about, frankly, is very competitive and better than the Western Conference. Uh, but the Sixers, uh, the Sixers are also under 500 on the road. They're eight and they're eight and nine on the road. So whereas they are, they've you know they're seven and three of their last ten, and we all know Joel, Joel Embiid, Embiid is, is like, back. In, incredible and he's back uh, you know we're, we have to see how we can play against them we have Absolutely. to see how we play but they they're not perfect on the road no that's for sure and, and they, we lost they... to them in philly we really should split the season series and beat them tuesday night at 7 p.m at home for the last game of the homestand and sunday is an afternoon game at high noon speaking of your favorite strains high noon versus the rockets Clippers, guaranteed W, not a trap game. Put it in ink. I don't know if we're going to cover whatever the stupid spread is, but we are guaranteed winning that game Sunday at noon. I like us Friday night, but I won't hem and haw and think that the sky is falling if we do fall to the Nuggets, which we've traditionally done in the past two seasons. We're a losing basketball team versus the Nuggets in the Kawhi PG era, which I don't like. We're a losing basketball team versus the Nuggets in the Coach Ty Lu era, which I don't like. However, we definitely turned that clippership around last night versus Dallas. So hopefully we are pointed to Championship Island and we're going to get there and it's smooth sailing on this homestand. I would love to finish out going 3-0 and Friday night versus the Nuggets, Sunday afternoon versus the Rockets, and of course, Tuesday night at 7 p.m., folks. Those the Friday night and the Tuesday night. These, these home fans, like Ricky Chu, the most active tweeter in the history of Twitter, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he thought, maybe I can stop Ricky Chu, but you were wrong, Elon Musk. No, Nobody can stop can't Ricky t- Chu. You can't stop him, super dad Ricky Chu. You can't touch him. <laughs> He's a new dad, second time around. He's got a new baby. I love the selfies with the kids. All right, so 7 p.m. tip-off, Ricky, okay? So it's not the 7.30 that we've grown accustomed to. It's 7 p.m. Friday night. It's 7 p.m. Tuesday night. It's high noon 
on Sunday afternoon. So I like us at the very least to go three and two on this five game homestand. We're already one and one in the books. Let's see if we can't figure it out. Let's see if we can't go to Utah and knock them in the teeth. And let's go three and one at least in the next four. Let's see what's happening. Clipper Nation, we are back, baby. We're back. We're winners again. We're a winning basketball team. It's true. It's true. It's very exciting stuff. And, hey, you know what would make us feel like winners would be if you'd subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, Mm -hmm. give us a review. Five stars. And if you write a review, Mm -hmm. we'll read it on the show. We'll read it on the show, and we'll make up fun facts about you and your family on the show. Things like (laughs) how mature you are with a hard T. So mature that you spell it with two T's because you matter more. That's how mature you are. You matter more. Spell it with two T's. The extra T is for tremendous maturity. That's why. Clippers fans strut around for the next day or two before that next game and come in ready to cheer these Clippers on to victory. They've showed you the life you've been asking for. Mm. Now, when they go to play at crypto, whatever the heck it's called these days, I'll never call it whatever it's called. FST Arena. FST Arena. Whatever it is, you make sure that you show up there and help these Clippers win. They need you. They've showed you that they can win. Help them beat this team. It really matters. It really matters matters. how you show up to cheer. It matters how mature you are as well, Clipper Nation. Oh, All right, Lord. before I let you go, Hank, I'm just going to throw some shade on the L word real quick. I'm just going to throw a little shade. There was a guy at the game dressed in head-to-toe yellow, okay? I like to call it the color of PP, and he had 23 and an L word jersey and a backwards L word cap, and you can go to Adelaide Clipcast, and I tweeted out this video that somebody posted of him holding his hand out for a high five, and you yes. literally see three Clippers Pass him by and high five the kid with his hand out wearing Clipper gear. So remember, L Word fans, you're horrible. We hate you. We don't want you at our games. <laughs> <laughs> and you strutted around saying, We're playing 500 basketball in the past 10. Well, we're playing over 500 basketball on the season, you bunch of jerks. Don't wear your gear in our FTP stadium or whatever the hell they call it. It does show great fan confusion. It's one thing to show up. It would be one thing if I showed up to Lakers games where they were playing another team wearing Mm -hmm. Clippers gear and heckling the Lakers. That would be one thing. Sure. But to do that and then try to high-five LeBron James and then whatever the bag of rusty rusty oyster shells that they call a team that they've got around him is (laughs) – It just doesn't make any sense. Rusty oyster shells. Yeah, whatever it is. That same fan. That same exact fan. I'm watching the game at home in glorious high definition, listening to Brian Seaman tickle every part of my brain with his wordplay. And the great czar, Coach Fratello, who, by the way, I like so much more than Jim Jackson, and I blame Jim Jackson for the losing streak. Anyway, so here's the thing. I saw that exact same fan in all yellow with a stupid yellow hat backwards with the stupid 23 on. I literally saw him. I believe standing up and taunting Luka Doncic at the free throw line. And I'm like, I guess yay that he loves LA basketball and hates Luka. But then I don't know what he was saying. He could have been standing up going, I believe in you, Luka. Beat the Clippers. Beat their buns. I don't know what he was saying. But he was standing up and making a spectacle out of himself. And he's a real jerk. And he's not mature. Not like me. No way is he mature like me. Oh, Lord. I think we beat this horse as as hard as we can beat it. We're very mature. The horse is beaten. Okay? The the, the horse-beaten conundrum is what I'll call the episode. 
Uh, you should definitely go to our Twitter, uh, Clippers fans, Clippers Nation, and take a look at this guy. It's pretty. It's pretty, it's pretty great. great. And and Chris Kowalt, yes. it's really great tweeting on your part. Toot. Toot. Oh, tooting my Twitter Wait. horn. Toot. All right, well, why don't you sound the regular horn, please, and let's end this conundrum. I'm legitimately relieved. I, I honestly need you to, it's, it's the horns have been outrageously too long. So this, I'm sorry to give you a note this close. I shortened it. I shortened it. <laughs> that was a really long horn. What are you talking about? That was like three seconds. This isn't the cut. Previously, they've been like 20. I did better. I'm no, doing, I'll work on This is not it. the I'll Texas the Longhorn cast, okay, I'll Buster? I'll take the note. I'll take the note. All right, take the note, Bang. conundrum. Bang. Very short horn. Very good. I have a note. I have another note. Great horn work, Hank. Toot, toot. Ah!